1: don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at osbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the call.
0: Hello and welcome to the call so this is 10 stocks picked by you we've got an hour and two expert guests here with us in studio it's a friday june the 4th and just past 12 noon here in sydney And we're watching with interest what this local market is doing. Of course, plenty of expectations around that U.S. nonfarm payroll report a little bit later today. Now, just as a reminder, we are live now, not just on our live stream, but also on Twitter, on Facebook and YouTube. If you're just joining us, uh, we do this every day at 12 noon. We talk about 10 stocks in details and try to get some investable ideas out of it for you. We also run our own portfolio courtesy of our partners at NAB Trade, and we'll detail that about halfway through the program. I'll introduce you to my guests in studio today. Great to have them both in studio. June Liu from Tribeca. Welcome, as usual. Good to see you. Good to see you. Great to be here. And Henry Jennings is joining us for Marcus today. Henry, Good to feels like here. a Friday when you're in. <laughs> he was in for the last call, if you recall, last week, and the last call broadcasts at 4 p.m. And of course you can catch up with that via our website or the app. Junpei, we've got to get you in for the last
1: call one of these days again. Absolutely, in the next few weeks. I'm really looking forward to be there. Good,
0: and I'd like to get your thoughts on where we sit this week in terms of the overall index. Now those two record finishes for Mm. the XJO. Uh, I've mentioned that we have this big risk event tonight, but. Is it your view that we could continue to see this market pushing higher?
1: Uh, look, if you take a 12 month view, absolutely. Um, Aussie market is looking pretty strong, um, even though we're pushing you know, all time high, but still we underperform the glo- global indices um, by quite a big amount, um, You know, something like a high single digit uh, to 10%. So even just to catch up to those markets so that we will uh, do this much. And at the same time, you know, our dividend, we're a high dividend paying market, so there's a lot of dividend coming back as well, with banks will increase the dividend payout. Um, and economy, um, is doing okay, um, you know, reopening, taking place, little bit of a lockdown in and in Victoria, slowed the pace somewhat, but, you know, everything else seems to be on track. Um, uh, consumer spending, uh, corporates are spending, um, you know, the housing price is doing well. So all of that together, you know, our market actually is looking pretty strong. Um, but look, tactically, uh, June normally is a month where people do, um, you know, take some profit and then there's a tax loss selling. So towards the end of the month, we generally see a bit of rotation, um, you know, just selling some of the winners or, even the others might be potentially a little bit of weakness, um, but that's just very tactical. Um, you know, on a longer term view, it's looking pretty strong.
0: And are any of the retail investors that you engage with looking to take a bit of profit off the top in some names right now, Henry?
2: I, th- I think there's a little bit of... I'm a little bit cautious. I always get a little bit cautious on all-time highs. Um, and, you now there's a few big things coming up in the US and the whole stimulus thing seems to have sort of got bogged down uh, to some extent, and we are entering a period where there's a bit of a lull, the US guys go on holiday, summer driving season, all this sort of stuff. So I'm just a little bit nervous. I'm surprised that we haven't come off today. Yeah. Uh, once again, we're seeing the strength in the banks. And what I think is quite interesting is the Victorian lockdown is actually a, is actually a positive. I know it sounds a bit perverse. Not How so, so? Not so much positive for Victorians or Melbournians, but it has reminded us collectively as a nation that we cannot afford to be complacent and as a result we are all rushing out and getting vaccinated which before victoria and melbourne sort of did that lockdown then everyone was going you know what i'll just wait i won't bother you know let's see how it pans out not me
0: i want to get on a list yeah
2: um so you know i think that's really helped um, the sort of the psyche of people getting nudged out of their complacency, knowing that it could happen anywhere. So that, I think, is good for the economy long term. The more people that get out there and get vaccinated get on that list yeah. um, is better. I mean, the market does look great, but I'm just a little bit... You know, there's just the, the cynic in me that the kind of the negative person in me just keeps thinking, well, you know, we're seeing such froth in something. I mean, the whole AMC thing in the US is is crackers. Yeah, um, I, I can't get my head around that whole thing and yes. even here there's you know there's the old frothy stock. That's be right
1: so that's been incredible. Like, so certain parts of our market certainly look very stretched in terms of valuation. Um, you know they all actually have come off in the last couple of months um, a lot of those growthy and stretched space like tech and um, or mm. unprofitable businesses sort of valuation they're trading on um, but uh, but look if you look across the other part of the market they actually don't look that expensive. Um, they look expensive on a 12 month uh, on six month view because earnings still recovering from the the sharp four last year so they look a little bit expensive but if you take a two-year view they all actually look okay um, actually look reasonably uh, reasonable value um, and then considering they're going to grow quite significantly um, you know whether it's resources whether it's banks and the other consumer cyclicals um, you know our market actually doesn't look too bad taking out some of those really stretched mm-hmm. valuation space.
0: Because that GDP read we got this week, I mean, fundamentally, if Mm. corporates do well when the economy is growing, that was a big endorsement of the story Mm. here in Australia. We had quite a bit of company news this week. Uh, West Farmers was one that sticks out in my mind from yesterday. We're starting to get more guidance coming from these companies. Today we heard from the reject shop and that is our stock of the day. So saying that trading activity continues to be challenging with its stores trading below pre-COVID-19 levels. Full year financial sales expected to be between 776 and 778 million dollars. That's quite a tight range. Also saying that EBITDA will be between 7 or sorry, excuse me, 8 and 10 million dollars. So the reject shop is stock of the day. Jumbe, I will turn to you first. Find that interesting. Trading well below pre-COVID-19 levels in a recession, which believe it or not, you know, we did have. Mm. Shouldn't the reject shop have performed well?
1: Yeah, look, it's actually quite interesting. Shop should perform as well as the likes of discount department stores, which we've seen Kmart is doing so well, incredibly well. Um, I think, but the challenge for uh, uh, Shop is that quite a lot of earnings made literally in one month, one or two months of the year. Um, And if you don't get your category right, um, you know, you kind of, you know, your entire financial year can be wiped out, really. Um, So I think, you know, for this business, um, they've gone through quite a few cycles um, already, um, you know, when they don't get the product range right um and then they sort of struggle through the period um, yeah so you know my view is that you know I, I i think they should be in a much much better environment at this point um, it is a one of those reopening play um, you know uh, however i uh, my view is that there's a much much better retailers that you can sit in um, to play that reopening,
0: what would be an an ideal retailer?
1: Oh, okay. So to play the reopening, La Visa will be the number one yeah. for me to sit in, um, because many retailers actually benefited from a lot from the stimulus and, and everything else. So they actually COVID beneficiary, but La Visa was not. So you know, I think we talked to you before that it is difficult to buy trinkets online. Mm. You know, it just it's it's relied upon the store and it's relied upon the events to take place. You know, the Melbourne Cup, the all these yeah, events. Sure. When Things and things so when these things started returning people will go and buy the trinkets so uh, we're already seeing things actually picking up quite quickly uh, but this is one stock that earning will drive quite significant growth and at the same time they're growing well in the US they will capture some of those uh, um, you know the stimulus checks and uh, so um, it just well best positioned um, in the next 12 months all
0: right I put you on the spot there June Bay but we'll consider that your bonus buy so you're off the hook for the rest of the, <laughs> of the program uh, reject shop though back to that stock of the day down by close to to 10% today remains to be seen where it will end. A lot of the commentary coming from the company as well is in keeping with what we're getting increasingly focused on, which is uh, supply chain disruptions, which is increased supply chain costs and the like. So is this business in the too hard basket for you right now?
2: Yes, way too hard basket. And as June Bay says, you know, there's other better retailers out there that have got more exposure. These guys did really well during COVID to begin with, because they were selling the sanny mm. and the cleaning products and all this mm-hmm. sort of stuff, but they've really been hit by the supply chain. They're kind of down. They're at the bottom of the supply chain as well. Their products, mm. they're not high-end products. These are everyday things. Shipping costs have gone through the roof. Mm. No, a container, yeah, forty-foot container. Tags, no, yeah. containers now are ten thousand dollars to get them from from Shanghai to, to wherever. Um, it's it's extraordinary. It's up three, four, five times in some cases. So these guys are suffering because of that. I can't see any reason to change that really. Um, I don't know how it's going to change in the short term. The footfall traffic is also a bit of a concern. They haven't got the digital exposure that others Mm -hmm. have. They haven't got that online exposure that we've seen that has been so successful for, for other companies and has transformed their businesses. So I really just can't see why you'd be there to be honest. It is quite a volatile stock as well it's not the most highly traded stock so it's just it's one i think andrew while would say it's uh, danger will robinson yeah
0: all right <laughs> so that is the stock of the day the reject shop let's get to the companies that you have written in about if you would like us to cover a company you can email us at the call at osbiz.com.au nib holdings nhf is the first on the list this is coming from robert um i'm just going to flip a coin i'll start with you henry i see you checking your notes uh, look the the private healthcare operators have been such an interesting story through COVID. But to your point, we're getting vaccinated. Hopefully, we'll all have our double dose in good time. Yep. What then will that mean for these guys?
2: Uh, well, I guess return to normality in some respects. They do make a, a, a quite a big mo- amount of money from uh, international students and in the insurance market there, um, which is obviously that's not going to come back. So there is a bit of a hole there. The stock the stock's done really well recently. Mm-hmm. I have to say. Um, as has Medibank Private, both of them sort of a bit of a, uh, a post-COVID push. Um, it's not the most exciting stock in the world, but it's a slow kind of growthy, grindy stock. We, every year you get April the 1st, you get that 4%, 5%, 6% rise in your private health insurance. You wonder what you're paying it for. You wonder how much you get when you do its things. Um, it is that kind of slow growth stock, not a great yield, um, but out of the two, I much prefer... NIB to Medibank Private I think that's a a better operation it's a more of a niche and it seems to have a bit more sort of um, funkiness if you like. (laughs) Funkiness
0: well I didn't know that was something we (laughs) judge well you need to be funky
2: you need to be funky to
0: attract the younger cohort you need
2: to attract the younger guys because the younger guys don't get sick and they support us older people that do get sick and if you're not funky and Medibank Private is not funky then I think, you know, NIB is funkier.
0: Okay, well, um, that's a new one to me. But, Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Jim Bay, NIB holdings in particular, and then... Obviously, how it compares to others in the space.
1: Of course, um, so NIB is a hold for me. Um, it has performed very well. Um, uh, you know, it's it's more of a funding. You can use it to buy something else because my view is it's quite fully priced at this point. Um, uh, but you know, you can hold on for a little bit of yield. The reason it performed well is because um, you know the hospital claim um, is still yet to pick up. So even though the hospitals reopened mm-hmm. and everything, but there's so much backlog. Um, some mm. of those claim are yet to um, be claimed. Through and uh, that's why they're earning. Uh, they've upgraded their earnings because you know people are not using. They're paying the premium, but they're not using the um, the hospitals uh, service because there's a there's a huge amount of uh, backlog. So um, so the you know upgraded earnings. Uh, but looking forward next 12 months, we know the hospitals open. We know the backlog will be cleared. Th- Clear through over the next twelve to eighteen months, and that will be above trend. So that means earnings will go backwards mm-hmm. um, as these things happen. Just normalization of that. Um, now, another reason of why it went up is be- also because um, you know the, uh, the the view of. Uh, 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 the view of the uh, the international the travel businesses that potentially could be a reopening play, um, and you know for that potentially, but it is a very small part of the business. Um, so you know all that together, um, private health insurance certainly is in a better place compared to what it was 12 months ago because um, you know people are more health conscious. Um, they are uh, you know taking on more private health insurance, and the those um, private health insurance members has been growing three quarters in a row now, and that's reversing the trend. Of last decade, mm-hmm. which has been negative, so that is positive for the sector, but it is, it is over the long term. Um, you know, when you actually look at it, you go, okay, that's good for private health insurance, but it's also good for private hospital. Um, you know, so on the other end, I look at you know Ramsey, and I compare to these names. Ramsey clearly uh, is going to also be a beneficiary of increased private health insurance taken out, and also Ramsey is a complete reopen, uh, you know, reopening play where you know the hospitals will come back online, and a lot of those extra costs. That they put in place will go um, mm-hmm. in the next 12 months, um, and more recently they made uh, they use this opportunity market weakness opportunity and they wanting want to buy out their uh, largest private health insurers uh, competitor in the UK, where the market is still quite immature for the private health hospital sec- uh, sector. So you know my view is that that one looks um, a lot cheaper and um, it, a lot more earnings growth structural as well as uh, cyclical as well, um, much better positioned um, relative to the other ends.
0: Okay, so NIB as a whole for you. I am missed oh. all. It's a hold and all that funkiness. I distracted yeah, I, I strategy good. with the funkiness. <laughs> now, um, look, just a note for our viewers. Uh, there are on the charts today. No point in writing in about it. It's just a technical glitch. We apologize in advance. Uh, Santos is the next on the list for Andrew. STO is the ticker code. Uh, Look, we are continuing to see oil prices recover. I mean, Mm. climbing above that 70 per barrel mark for Brent, that does have an impact on LNG pricing as well. A Mm. lot of that, again, comes back to the vaccine rollout, the demand story, production also factors into the mix. These guys have had a really good run this week, but really dependent on those prices going forward are you a believer are you are you secure enough in the recovery story to be investing in the oil and gas place here
1: uh absolutely i think you know across all the commodities the oil probably certainly look the best positions um, to be leveraged to that whole, um, you know, world return to growth. Um, the main reason being that um, you know jet fuel, um, people have yet to start traveling internationally um, in norm- normal volume, um, so international borders often still closed, and you know all of that. So when that returns, um, the jet fuel demands um, are the swing factor for oil prices, um, and we're already seeing the demand for oil increasing, and um, you know, and certainly that jet uh, fuel is going to make it high going higher. Now, on the other hand, um, the supply side, uh, you know, OPEC, OPEC and Russia and the, they have held back a lot of um, um, a lot of inventory. You know, when the oil price went to negative, um, and um, you know, and uh, they they are in that slow release sort of uh, state. Um, but more recently, they've spoke to you know wanting to support a stronger oil price. Then um, you know, that certainly is very supportive for the for the for that market. Um, and oil equity actually hasn't actually performed uh, as well as if you look at the oil prices. So. Yeah. So, um, you know, in my view, they're still very under-owned, um, and I think this one will, um, will do very well.
0: And so that's a buy?
1: Yeah, that's a buy for me.
0: Okay, yeah, because uh, if we're talking price, still has not recovered to pre-pandemic levels. So is there value in there?
2: I think there is. Um, it's interesting, Santos were going, up ap- if we had the chart, you'd be able to see it, but I'll, I'll yeah. draw it. It was going absolutely nowhere. Um, for weeks and weeks and weeks, despite the fact the oil price was ticking mm. higher and ticking higher, we're up what forty percent or something in, in Brent crude at the moment this year to date, and Santos was going nowhere until this week. And it was almost as if someone switched the light on and went, "Oh, we someone should, woke up. Someone <laughs> woke up, so we should buy some oil stocks." And they have gone. So not too nuts. late. I don't think it's too late now. And I like the oil story. And I think what OPEC Plus has shown is discipline. Uh, They've been very disciplined about how they've conducted themselves, which I've got to say is pretty unknown for OPEC. They usually, you know, Mm. they they talk this bit and then it's, you know, every man for himself. So I think there's still potential in Santos to push higher. Um, They've secured the CEO till 2025, I think it is, which was a bit of a concern because he was potentially off, Kevin Gallagher, potentially off to Woodside Mm -hmm. um, as Peter Coleman is uh, leaving. So um, I think that's a positive. He's done a really good job. They've still got a bit of debt. Um, but they've got a lot of cash flow coming in. The oil price is supportive. Um, you know, if Is this you, a buy? Yeah.
0: Wow, that's going in <laughs> the portfolio. We got there, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we get there in the end. So, okay, that's going in the portfolio. Discipline being seen, still not topping out, even though we've seen this run this week. Good one. Uh, we could continue to talk about oil prices, but we'll move on to the next one, to Duke Exploration, D-E-X. So this is from Lockie saying, um, just giving us a bit of bit of detail on this company because I suppose a lot of people have not heard about it, saying it's got a tier one potential project with immediate resources development opportunity. Further 10% of the company is held by Kieran Slee, who's a geotechnical engineer at Oz Minerals. What do the experts think? So. June Bay, I'm sure you've done a little bit of research, but it looks as if it's an explorer that's looking at some of those historic sites, which seems to be a bit of a trend, particularly (laughs) in the gold space, and then copper comes along with that. Uh, Just this week, it had some new drilling results at one of its its sites, and it looks like it's in a good neighbourhood, or so the company says. But it's an explorer. Uh,
1: yeah, that's uh, that's that's essentially my view. Um, I would avoid it. Um, it's just, it's too early stage. You want to gain exposure, you buy the uh, producers, you buy the high quality names. So, you know, OzMinter is the best a best um, asset, you know, Around the world, They're probably the most expensive copper company around the world too. But it's a high-quality management, high-quality asset. You can go if you want to go cheaper, you can buy Zenfire, uh which is you know probably half the valuation and it's very very cheap and they get that good exposure to copper. Uh, also, there's a new listing that's coming. Metal 29, um, 20, 29, yeah. Tw- 29, 29 yeah. metal, yeah. yeah. So that one will be our similar sort of multiple, I guess, uh, as the Samphire. So, um, you know, so you have a lot of exposure to um, to that sort of space, um, you know, just explore it. Just, you know, usually there, there's a lot of risk in terms of uh, the outcome and, you know, whether there is copper or not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well,
0: yeah, still yet to be proven. But do you like copper? As an investment story,
1: yeah, I do. I think copper is well positioned. Um, you know, for one is the global recovery. Two is that um, that whole electric vehicle yep. um, space um, and the global consumer goods and everything is you know very much copper nickel. You need to use them, um, so I like them. They have had a massive run, yes. um, so potentially can have some of the pullback. But this is when you just feel more position.
0: Yeah. Now, um, you know, we know that the investment case for copper. Yep. So would you do it via an explorer?
1: Well, no.
2: Let's face it. I mean, these guys are five, ten years away from actually producing any copper if they ever do produce copper. So, if you, you know, it's it, it's kind of a sentiment thing. You buy copper explorers because the copper price is going up. But the reality is, you know, the the ones that are leveraged to the copper price, really and truly, are the guys that are actually producing it now and can take advantage of this spike in the copper prices. Having said all that, Duke Exploration, which is a twenty-six million dollar company with five million bucks in the in the kitty. Doesn't trade that much for a specky stock. It is a specky stock. Mount Flora looks interesting. We're in that kind of market at the moment where specky stocks, they'll have a good hit and they'll put in the words spectacular or bonanza Mm. or massive, which are actually geological terms. They're not just, Mm -hmm. they make these up. It's not, you know, they're fans of TV shows and they go, we've got a bonanza (laughs) strike here. Um, These are actual real terms. They put those in and this thing could go nuts. But, you know, there's. 25 out there that could do exactly the same thing so you, you, you pick a runner and a rider it's highly speculative you know it's tiny 26 million bucks doesn't trade that up much either so
0: that's a no yeah. and a no for it's Duke not, exploration not for sorry lucky now Bubs Australia I think this is a good one coming from Maya because of course it was in the news this week it was up by 18% I think it was on the day that that three-child ch- mm. uh, three policy was announced in China it's come back a little bit since then uh, do you think that that was a bit of an over exuberant yeah. reaction in Bubs? <laughs> it it sounds as if Maya is a owner. She says, "Should I keep or sell Bubs shares?" So should be she be selling uh, to lock in some of hopefully the profits that she's made?
1: Oh uh, look, um, uh, uh, I. I, I uh I, I think a lot of bad news has been in the price. It's been like A2, um, so the, for, for the share price to jump significantly on the three-child policy, it's simply because it was too cheap. Um, so now, first on the three-child policy, it sounds great, um, but it's uh, it's going to take a very long time. If you look at when they first launched the two-child policy, the population, uh, well, the the birth rate hasn't really increased. Um, so you know they are going through. In the next five ten years, China is going to go through that aging process uh, in terms of overall population. So that's why they stepped up. Going, we need three people, three kids. But problem is, how do you incentivize that? So the government's trying to do a few things like maternity leave and all of that to encourage that. But you know, it's going to take a long time to translate through, um, and you know, it's it's. It's, it's it's more of a um, blue sky sort mm-hmm. of thing for these businesses um, and of course you know whether you your, your business can have a, a market share um, by then uh, to start with is another question now with Bob uh, it's got a very very great product um, and it is um, you know uh, in demand in China as well um, you know a lot of bad news in the share price um, and you know business completely hurts so like A2 because of the Daigo channel was uh, so disrupted so there's no traveling there's no students uh, that's not going to return for quite some time um, so you know that is going to be quite challenging potentially it's a takeout target um, so uh, you know whether A2 could buy them and just add to the portfolio I think it's it looks pretty attractive um, but would I be buying it I think it's it's too early in terms of you know you can't buy something just think it's a tr- takeout target um, just at this point things are very um, you know quite difficult but I will hold on to it
0: okay so if you had it you would hold on to I it. I will hold on to there it there you go would you hold it if you had bubs I think. I it, mean, obviously, we don't know what I, price I, you I got, got in to, it I've everything got to be else, clear, but I have
2: hated this stock oh. for such a long time, <laughs> and I do the thing where I walk into the supermarket and I look at the. I go to the infant formula shelves, and I've got to say, my local supermarkets are probably not representative because Northern Beaches is probably not prime hunting spots for Daigus and and, and Asian buyers of this sort of stuff, which has been driving these stuff. So it's not the best, but I still go in and look at the shelves and look who's at eye height. who's down the bottom of the shelves and look for the products because if you don't recognize the products and I have yet to find a tin uh, every now and then in chemist warehouse you can find (laughs) the bub stuff and it's just I don't get it I really don't get it it's always it's always gone over my head Um, I've always struggled with the story I think at these levels it's probably a bit oversold but there's no international travel returning from China for a long time I was even reading this morning that because the way they vaccinated their population, I think they've got 60% vaccinated now. They've almost got herd immunity. But they've got they've vaccinated them with a vaccine that doesn't actually necessarily work. And they haven't got enough people that are getting sick to find out if it works. So they're only going to find out if their vaccine works. Oh. Oh.
0: <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> Breaking There's news. a child there up on go. the screen.
2: As by magic. <laughs> so they're only going to find out whether their vaccine works when they do travel and then they could be in trouble so it's 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 a bit weird yeah. so they could be the hermit kingdom locked down for far longer um, and that's going to affect these guys i can't get excited about this one but if i had it you've gone through the pain yeah you know so that's a hold it's it's a hold at these levels but you know you could be you need to be patient i think to see this one return
0: yeah and hopefully haven't experienced too much and the losses is because sometimes yeah. you do know when to cut and run yeah
2: all
0: right Regional Express uh, brings us to the halfway mark, REX is the ticker code as many of you would well know. Ben this one's for you. So look there is no love lost you've got to say between Qantas, Alan Joyce and Rex Airlines. Rex is trying to take the fight to Virgin and Qantas, it's got a couple of more jet aircrafts into its fleet, it wants to uh, to come out of the regions and really take on the capital city markets but is it likely to happen?
1: I think it's very, cha- very very challenging. Um, you know, we've seen those competition before. Um, Look at Virgin um, trying to take on Qantas. Um, just given their size, given their balance sheet, they just won't be able to Take on the fight. Um, it won't last. It's definitely a sell for me. It's a sell. Uh, it's a sell. Uh, like it's it's difficult. Um, and so you don't even look at this as sort of a, a reopening trade. Um, look, at it, you invest in Qantas. You know the the, the best airline, and uh, now completely reopening. It's not even expensive. Um, you know, it hasn't even gone to the all time high yet. Um, you know, so share price barely recovered from COVID, um, and then the domestic travel when it returns. I don't know. I went to Gold Coast last week, and you know the the flights were packed. Um, so you know the whole Holiday goers and then it was not even school holidays so you know just uh, domestic travel is going to contribute a significant amount of earnings for uh, Qantas uh, even though we don't we won't have international for another 12 months um, I think that business is going to be quite profitable um, so it's yeah if you want to play reopen you buy Qantas uh, small airlines taking on a fight with a large airline it's uh, historically hasn't ended very well it's gonna
0: end in <laughs> tears I was in tears emotionally when I booked my first <laughs> ticket on an airplane since you know, pre COVID this week, no, I haven't gone yet, so end of the month, but yeah, That's I just exciting. thought, wow, you know, yeah, it's, it's opening up. It and is. then, of course, as soon as I pressed by, I thought, oh, those state borders not better not get shut down because <laughs> that is still the risk, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, just as yeah. a Victorian lockdown, again, it, it creates some enthusiasm about vaccination rates and everything else, but it also exposes our vulnerability still.
2: Well, it, it's, it's the confidence factor, it's not just the mm. vulnerability, it's the confidence factor you get stuck somewhere and you know i've got a, a friend of ours that uh, was in byron was flying back to melbourne and he can't get back to melbourne so now he's stuck in sydney mm. and this is the problem you get stuck somewhere um, as far as rex goes it's definitely a no from me <laughs> these guys should stick to their knitting regional express that's what it says on the tin it doesn't say capital city express that would be capex and that's what they would have to do and spend a lot on that <laughs> because to be honest you know, it, it's, you can fly to Melbourne for 30 bucks. How yeah. are you going to make money on that? You know, how are you going to take on Jetstar if that's with their fee structure? And you've got Virgin and Rex doing it. You know, Australia has not got the, the domestic tourism to support two airlines, especially as we now do driving holidays more, because, you know, who wants to risk getting locked into a major capital city when there's a lockdown? So you just drive in your own state and everyone's, you know, yeah. there's a little... You try and book places in regional Australia and they're shockers. People, you know, we talk about the reopening trade. We're open. You know, there's no reopening. We are open. It's just Melbourne that isn't at the moment. And that will finish next week. Okay, so that is a sell if you've got wrecks. Definitely an avoid. Airlines are really hard at the best of times. Absolutely. Go with strength.
1: Exactly, and then the the operating leverage is enormous. Yeah. We've yeah. seen it so many times. And fuel prices and are going up. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> everything comes full circle on yeah. this program. Uh, thinking of Santos, and that's sort of a good cue for me to do a little bit of a wrap up. Let our expert guests have a bit of a break. Stock of the day: the Reject Shop. June Bay says, "Look, this company should be doing better all things considered. If you're looking for something in the retail space that also has." still some leverage in terms of the reopening look for LaVisa so that's a bonus buy coming from June Bay in terms of the reject shop for Henry he says it's just in the two hard basket also doesn't have the digital exposure and it's happening as we see these supply chain costs rising so that is a no from him as well NIB holdings is a hold from both of our expert guests here Jim Bay and Henry but it, they're not overly excited about it. June says it Bay says that it's a bit exy as well. So a better value play if you're in that space is Ramsey. So she says that that will also Ramsey benefit from the higher adoption of private health insurance, but NIB is still a hold for her if you're in it. It's just fully priced. Uh, yeah, it's uh, just not exciting for Henry, but it is still a hold from him. Santos, this one is going in the Osbys portfolio. It is a buy from both of my expert guests today, and Henry says it's not too late. This is a company that has seen a lot of uh, well. It hasn't fully priced in the recovery that we're seeing in the oil price and he's quite bullish on the oil price going forward because of some of the discipline that we're seeing exhibited by OPEC Plus and we saw it this week as well. Um, Junbei points to many factors out of the commodities. Oil is looking like it's got the most upside from here and she points to jet fuel demand as well and says that it's underowned. That's why it's a buy. Duke Exploration, Junbei likes companies that are actually producing and it's in the exploratory space. It's just not from her. It's a no- no. Oz Minerals, perhaps it's expensive, but it is producing. A Sandfire is a cheaper option in that space. It's a no from Henry as well. Look, it's five to ten years away from even producing. There are better ways to look to make money out there in the market. Uh, lucky Bubs, Australia. It is a hold for Henry, even though he is a real hate on for this company, obviously. <laughs> And uh, he's pointing, again, to the fact that there's no international travel. Uh, Junbei says that, uh, look, it's, it's still too early to be buying this one, but she does say that a lot of the bad news is priced in. And we briefly showed you a chart on screen, and you can see that evidence there. And that brings us to Rex. It is a, a void. It's a sell, in fact, for Junbei. If you want to buy an airline that has leverage to the reopening, Why would you go anywhere other than Qantas? That is the one you need to invest in. It's so challenging out there for many different reasons. According to Henry, it needs to stick to its knitting. Why take on the big boys? It's a regional express, stick to what uh, the knitting is and it's an avoid for him. So that brings us to the halfway mark. Let's get you across the AusBiz portfolio. We've got our portfolio that we've been tracking since the beginning of last July. Again, thanks to our partners at NAB Trade. Today, we've got CentOS going in. All it takes is two of our expert guests to agree on a buy. Now you think that would be easy. It doesn't happen all that often. So let's get a check on how we've been performing. We are up by close to 1% over the week on the month. We're up by, well, just over percent, So that's not bad. Year to date, we're up almost 33.26%. Part and parcel, and thanks to my guests here. If you guys want to weigh in on any of these ones that have been added lately, feel free. Big Cheese. That was just yesterday, actually. It secured the rights to uh, the branding of peanut butter from Kraft. It's in many a pantry around this nation, no doubt. Uh, Nine Entertainment, uh, I guess in the wake especially of that Facebook-Google deal. Do you like media?
1: Yeah, uh, traditional media at the moment is actually looking really good Yeah. because okay. <laughs> everyone is spending on advertising, branding, um, because reopening and all of that. So uh, it's looking very strong.
0: Murray Codd, which I don't know really anything about, but I think it might say what it is on the tin. We'll look into that one. BetaShares, S&P 500, Equal Weight, ETF, another ETF, the VanEck Vectors, MSCI World, Australia, ex-Australia should say, Quality ETF went in recently. That's perhaps from our ETF special that we did a little bit earlier in the week. If you'd like to watch that, just go online. It's up and running if you're a podcast listener as well. You might want to go back and listen to that one as well. You can get all of those companies, the full portfolio on our website, osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. It's on your screen there again, thanks to NabTrade. Well, shall we continue on then? Let's get to the next company on the list, Aussie Broadband, ABB. This is for Philip. I just had a conversation with uh, one of our guests, you guys both know, um, Gaurav Sodi from Intelligent Investor. He loves this company. Uh, if you'd like to listen to that interview with Gaurav, it's up online as we speak. Um, what do you think of Aussie Broadband?
2: This is funky. See, we're on oh. funky again. So this, this is funky. This, this company actually gets really good customer feedback it's had two upgrades from its prospectus forecast. It's only recently enlisted and it seems to be pulling all the right strings at the moment. They're doing everything right. Um, the markets like this story and it has really kind of, you know, everyone hates Telstra because they're customer service, etc. cetera, whereas these guys get massive ticks. When you actually, you know, if you put on Facebook, you know, which provider should I go for? The number of people that say go with ABB, Aussie Broadband because they're really cool and they got good customer service and they look after you. It's, it's a big tick in the box. So. Okay, so
0: that's all well and good. But Jimbe, what do you think, you know, in terms of um, the price or in terms of buy signals? I mean, do you like this? Uh,
1: I think it's probably more of a hold. Um, look, it's a, it's a good company. It's a resale MBN, um, and uh, currently only have 4% market share. And, um, you know, like we talked about before, it's, you know, it's a good quality and the consumer likes it and all that. So, um, But the key issue is that, um, you know, once every uh, everyone has shifted to MBN, um, you know, that, ch- that growth will slow. Down because right now everyone's um, just moving to MBN, so there's a heightened number of uh, uh, people actually joining the space. So the growth is really high. But once that's done in the next year or two years time, w- w- what next? So then then it becomes more trickier because you have to gain market share, have to invest in all of that. But right now things look pretty good. It's expensive, um, so it's on the growth multi- multiple. Um, so you kind of need to keep that growth keep going, and then so th- then it comes down to a problem in two years. What you know? What does it look like? What does the growth path? look like mm-hmm. does it become a slightly mature tel- telco or does it go to the next level and become much larger and you know become something else so uh, it's a hold in my mind um it's not exactly cheap it's, it's quite expensive and it just need that slightly longer term growth to come through
0: and and was that a hold for you or I'd, was it a I'd buy go, i'd go with a buy yeah
2: you know they're, they're pushing into business and i think that's that's the big i mean we're all most people are probably in, in australia on nbn of some sort of fashion and there's a bit of churn goes on and there's a all that sort of stuff but they're pushing through business and this has got gearing effectively to the economy as well you know as, as they roll out their fiber which is about a year away um, business will come on and if they continue to be funky people will like them and they right. will they will draw um, draw fire so it's I, a, for like, me, it's a buy.
1: I like that funky factor. Yeah. The always Like a box, you got a ticket, funky factor. Wow. Hoddle.
0: I'm, I'm working through some translations. Diamond hands, then we've got funky, which funky. Just, does still <laughs> sound a bit boomerish, no offence. But okay, <laughs> so okay. there's a bit of disagreement there. Buy, hold. Let's get to the next company on the list, which is Infomedia. This one is for Joe IFM. Hey, Joe, if you're listening or watching out there. So it uh, designs, implements, manages consumer-facing e-commerce programs for OEMs also. Uh, helping to increase sales of genuine OEM parts, accessories, and service. So, in plain English, Henry, what does this company do? Why is it attractive? Uh,
2: digital parts catalogs, okay. basically, and the supply chain around car parts.
0: Yep.
2: Um, it's just made a US acquisition.
0: It did. Which. Simple Part, I think it's called.
2: Simple Parts, yeah.
0: But it's software of a, a SaaS, essentially.
2: Yeah. So, that these guys provide all the back end for. Um, the parts and service departments to be able to order their parts find out which little bit of screws and nuts and things that they need
0: and we know that used car sales are going bananas
2: we do they are going bananas um so my concern i guess is that needs to bed down the u.s acquisition because i would imagine it's quite hard to do an overseas acquisition when you can't actually go there and there are some risks around that if, if you're just doing an acquisition by zoom and looking at the books it's sometimes kind of hard to see the whites of their eyes. So for me, um, it's, it's pretty much a hold. And I think as time goes by and people get comfortable with the uh, acquisition and it gets bedded down, then I think it becomes a buy. But uh, at the moment, it's, it's, it's always tough. Companies that go and acquire, you've got to integrate egos, cultures, people. Um, it's not always easy. Even if it's called simple parts, it's not a simple part of the business. It, it's, a, it's a hard thing to get right. And many companies have come unstuck making US acquisitions. And it's even harder if you're doing it by Zoom or by Skype mm. or whatever. And it, it worries me slightly. Um, so know, it's I, a hold. It's a hold.
1: Fair enough. IFM, what do you think of the company? It probably sits in that hold. So There's a uh, whole space as well. Um, it is the, certainly the value part of the tech. Um, industry um, it is very cheap um, but clearly because they this uh, you know they they they're complete directly linked to the car parts mm-hmm. um, and the shortages and disruptions in the supply chain for the car industry has uh, created a lot of problem for this company um, and uh, now they they did raise money um, at the you know the really the peak of covert mm-hmm. period, um, and you know finally it's good it's been weighing on the share price because they couldn't deploy it and finally they bought this um, you know it's, it's in the US perhaps it would take some time for people to really get used to you know whether you could do it whether you can execute and you know whether that's really a great business so uh you know it just means that the the company will probably will stuck at where it is until people get clarity and um and also when the car industry um you know the supply disruption gets a bit better now from all the feedback that's probably not going to get better for the next 12 months so you know it's still going to be in a pretty tough space Mm -hmm. yeah because Mm -hmm. the
0: chart really isn't that impressive unless you're Mm -hmm. thinking about this as sort of a
1: value tech name but you're not honestly if you want to invest in tech you buy tech you don't buy value tech yeah um it's it's just you know but that's the whole point of buying tech is growth um (laughs) yeah good one okay
0: enviro suite is the next one on the list evs this is one of those companies that's often coming out with um announcements and updates it is uh you know, it's in maybe the right sort of area of the industry if all the ESG considerations are being taken on board. It's uh, recently done a $14 million equity, raising it too, wants to expand into new markets, excuse me, that being North America primarily. Uh, What do you think of EVS, if anything?
1: It sounds like it's in the perfect right place. Um, yeah. There's so much capital and uh, um, you know institutional money being pouring into that environment, environmentally friendly um, investment, and it's the right place. Looks like it's on the right path. But look, it's, it's early for me. It's early stage for me. But certainly, um, uh, it will trade well with the sentiments. Um, yes, yeah, still very early stage for me, but um, it's um, it's in the right place.
0: Yeah. So um, <laughs> apparently, the technology used across. 190 sites within mining and industry, waste and wastewater sectors, it's all about uh, reutilizing that water. Uh, It's not the only one, and there's a long way to go, isn't there?
2: Yeah, this this stock has been on the slide for, it's been on a water slide. (laughs) It's been been out of wet and wild on a water slide for a long time, and it's in all the right spots. It's environmental intelligence, so it gives you intelligence about airports, about mining sites, about waste management, water management, all this sort of stuff. But it has gone absolutely just down the plug hole to some extent. Now, the good news is that it's done an equity raising. I don't know why it picked the bottom of the market to do that. But it's doing an equity raising, which finishes the retail offer closes next week on Friday, week today. Mm -hmm. So that may clear the air. That was eight and a half cents. They're currently 98 so that may kind of clear the air a little bit, and we may see some pickup in this one. If you owned it, I'd be a holder. I'd like to see um, a little bit of evidence that they're kind of the, the share price is turning the corner. All the businesses sound really cool, and you look through the presentation, and they do a fantastic job. 3D this, 3 it's funky. It is funky. That's the word of the day. It is funky, but they have failed to deliver big time, and the share price just basically halved. So.
0: Well, if you fail to deliver and you're looking at that share price, if you're in it, why would you hold it? Like, what would because, be the catalyst to turn it around? Uh,
2: because I think because the capital, they've done the capital raising, so at least they've got cash okay. now. So they've done the capital raising. When the retail offer closes in a week's time, that will take some of the pressure mm-hmm. off the stock to some extent. It's not the biggest stock in the world. Yeah. Um, so I think that could, you know, you could see them bounce back towards 12, 13 cents for a, for a quick, easy bounce in the next few months. So. Um, it's probably, it's certainly more a buy than a sell. Um, but if I had it, I'd hold it. If I was looking for something to, to buy as a punt, uh, then maybe this one fills.
1: Okay, I'm there. not gonna call no, it a buy though. No, 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 don't, no. don't call it a buy. It, it, so. it, this is actually a fantastic example of why, you know, the the, um, you know have to be investor has to be very careful with thematic investing yes. you know you, you pick something out of a great theme right place and everything and the company come up with those fancy presentation and <laughs> put every word that's that's um, you know highly sought after words in words, there yeah. yeah exactly in there and uh, and then the it just still needs execution um, <laughs> even though they are in the right place um, so uh, and that's incredible so for this kind of stock I agree with you they will trade with sentiment yep. um, so you know currently there's bad news things didn't work but when you want to buy those sort of stock you need to uh, time yourself because you know just make sure you're not there when there's an earnings announcement (laughs) because you you know a lot of time they will disappoint and if you look at the share price how it reacts it seems to be every result kind of falls off Um, so when execution is difficult um, you know you can buy when there's a raising and uh, perhaps with sentiment you'll trade a little bit but then you just need to be there to take profits it's just thematic investing is full of danger okay
0: This is completely separate from EnviroSuite, but it has reminded me. I mean, an example of this sort of sentiment-driven stuff is that this week we had Robin Denham from Tesla talking about you know, buying up of Australian lithium assets. And yeah. I don't know if you guys noticed it, but all of a sudden that day, the next day, there was all these announcements coming from little lithium companies, right? It happens. And I do note that uh, under the compliance update that's been put out by the ASX, so the market regulator, ASX, it's actually put out an updated uh, section on ramping announcements so it acknowledges that ASX is alive to listed entities making market announcements with a view to ramping up their price of securities and it provides examples so it outlines what it will do if it detects what it suspects to be a ramping announcement including given careful consideration to suspending the entity's securities so Basically, it's saying that, you know, a lot of those companies that come out just to ride some mm. sort of a narrative at their thematic, that they are alive to it. And I think that it goes back to our original discussion about meme stocks. You know, you've got to have these regulators sort of alive to this fact that there are these pushes happening across mm. the market. Nothing new. Mm. What do you make of that development?
1: Yeah, look, I think that's interesting. Absolutely. Um, you know, we see... Um, you know, ultimately who, who gets impacted are those retail investors, right? So, um, you know, uh, impacted as in, you know, it's the retail investors that not knowing uh, what's happening and then, you know, share price goes up and then you chase and all of that and um, get involved. So it's it's very important for, um, you know, transparency and, you know, um, more clarity. Um, so, you know, so, so that helps the retail investors to be able to to really mm-hmm. see what, what's what's going behind the behind the scene rather than, um, oh, it's, got, it's hot. Yeah, <laughs> because you, you've got to take some of these price-sensitive announcements uh, with a grain of salt, right? Mm.
2: I've got to say, some of these retail investors are making off like bandits. <laughs> you know, we, we, keep, we see, keep trying to protect them. These guys are making a fortune out of AMC. All right, any mm-hmm. state. Um, and, you know, you look all over hot copper and all this sort of stuff. These guys, they've got their own thing going on here that we in, in insto land or in professional land just go, phew. You're idiots. You know what? Maybe we're the
1: idiots. (laughs) Maybe maybe
2: we are the idiots. No, no, no. We
1: manage on a risk-adjusted return. Yeah, yeah. You
2: know, certainly some of the experiences I've had um, emailed to me by uh, because I do small-cap stuff by our members would suggest that sometimes.
0: Yeah. Right. All right. Well, you heard it here first, people. Henry Jennings, looking in the mirror. Okay, objective corporation OCL is coming to us from William again. SAS, This is a company, Jim Bay, that's had a huge share price run. Mm. It's not sexy necessarily in what it does because it helps government institutions essentially mm. trans, you know, move from paper onto uh, you know
1: digital content.
0: Uh, so this is a company, one of those ones that recurring revenue is very important. Mm. Uh, do you like it?
1: Yeah, it. it I should do. Um, it, it's. Uh, uh, it's a small company it's a very high quality SaaS business and it got large contracts um, very stable contracts Um, and uh, the only thing is that the CEO owns 60 over 66 percent yeah yeah, of of the company and uh, keeps you and he keeps using uh, uh, extra cash to buy back shares so the free flow keeps going lower (laughs) and lower Um, so you know obviously he has a very high confidence uh, in what he can deliver and it's a very high quality business so you know if you can't get your hands on some shares I think you know it's, it's it's
2: looking, it's pretty strong. So that's it's a, a buy, buy. for me. I'd have to say the same, but 66% owned by Tony Rawls, <laughs> <you know, laughs> it's, um, I don't know why it's listed to be honest. Mm, you know, the, at he, the end of the day, anything, I, don't, yeah. I don't know why it's listed. He's buying back the shares. It trades five or 10,000 shares a day. It mm-hmm. moves big time. You know, if you wanted it, if you are an institution, one of the dummies that I'm now it. saying, um, that wanted mm-hmm. to buy, you know, 100,000 shares, good luck. Yeah. Um, okay. that, that's the trouble. So it, it's been a good quality, great story. But just really hard to get set. It should be private. Sixty-six percent owned by one guy.
0: Yeah. So it's already in the call portfolio.
2: Okay. Well, uh, then it's, no? it's definitely a buy.
0: Okay. So it's <laughs> remaining in there. I didn't yeah. want to lead you, but if you would have said you know, sell, you know. it would have been coming out
2: no reason to sell it.
0: Okay.
2: If he's buying it, why sell it? Yeah, right. <laughs> Ultimate okay. insider.
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's what we always talk about. You like seeing people with skin yeah. in the game. The only problem is it's impacting liquidity and it's hard to get your hands on it. GPT Group is the last one. I think it's a good way to end because it does throw up some of the narratives that we've been talking about. I mean, potentially impacted by lockdowns in Victoria, further lockdowns mm. if they do happen but also you know could be leveraged
1: to the upside as we see this recovery in the economy. Absolutely, I think uh, GPT is a buy. Um, it probably more of a um, uh, week by, because <laughs> I'm going to talk about another Gosh, one which is more exciting. we're turning June Bay into these. Yeah, there's another good one. So uh, yes, it's a you know reopening and uh, you know op- it's got big office exposure as well. Mm-hmm. So um, you know offices if you look at Dex's and everything has done quite well and uh, this one gives that good quality office exposure and retail looks uh, pretty good and it's not expensive. So on that basis it should um, you know it should do okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now relative to that one my view is that um, you know I much prefer to be in the malls so, so, uh, Centre Group, really? for example. Yeah, Centre Group. So, um, vicinity is very much skewed to um, Victorian things. Centre Group, which is high quality. Uh, much high quality and it's much, much cheaper compared to its uh, um, the, the, the asset it holds. Um, you know, these are the Westfields and and the like, you know, really central location. Um, you know, for malls to uh, to trade that kind of discount is just very unusual. Um, and globally, we actually see with the reopening, um, you know, uh, on track, that globally malls all started having a good run. Um, and I think these guys have a lot more room to move now. There's another concern at the moment that people worry about inflation. So you know, a lot of time when uh, so when the inflation starts to move, um, the overall um, you know people look for inflation hedge. What companies can pass mm-hmm. on the um, you know inflate high inflation? So Center Group is the. Only uh, is the highest exposure to um, inflation escalator in their portfolio amongst the whole uh, listed reads. Um, because they got 80% of their portfolio, um, or more than 80% of their portfolio has ins- uh, direct inflation rises, so inflation goes right. up 2%, um, they will go back to their rent, going. it's going up 2% plus the rent. So, mm-hmm. so, um, so it's actually very well cushioned and it's very clear in all the documentation. So, t- so there's no guessing on whether you can pass it on. It's like it's on, it's, it's in. It's in the yeah, so it's away. actually a really good inflation hedge on that basis. Um, plus your earnings is going to grow quite meaningfully in the next two years. So great, it, that's a stronger buy.
0: bay has been very generous with her buys <laughs> as well, her bonus buys.
2: Have I been stingy?
0: Well, no, no. Not not any more than normal. GPT Group <laughs> is the question, though, from Jane. Would you be buying GPT to June-based points? It's got office exposure, does have retail exposure. I believe it also has a bit of industrial as well. It's got oh, a bit, bit it's, of a mix.
2: Well, it's called the General Property Trust for a hey, reason. Bob, good it's, one. It's, it's, got, it's got that mix, that broad diversification, which is fantastic. They've also got a lot of back rent that they should be collecting, which is going to help distributions going forward. I mean... REITs don't really, unless there's a cataclysmic event like we saw last March where the market just tanked and then you get the big bounce again as we reopen or, or you know, the economy bounces back, they don't really do a huge amount, um, apart from Goodman Group, which just does that. Um, this, this is a weak buy for me as well. I prefer Goodman Group, I've got to say, because of that logistics and the warehousing and it's, it's more specialised. Um, and send group as uh, Jinbei says, is, is another good one to buy. I'm going to and Mervac. Okay. Just as now uh, he's,
0: he's he's really coming to the party. Overcompensating, Henry. I was thinking I was being stingy. So but that's so true, though. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think Mervak. is okay. interesting. Good residential yeah.
2: exposure. Exactly. All
0: right. I'm just communicating with Goten, my producer. Do we give this week buy in GPT? Put it in the portfolio. Yep, it's going in. All right. That's okay. the word. <laughs> it's very high tech, isn't it? Very <laughs> it's very movie movie yeah. movie set. Okay. <laughs> Let's just quickly run you through these past five companies. Aussie Broadband, it is a buy for Henry Jennings. It's one of his funky bunch today. It's a hold, though, for Bay. She says, look, it looks expensive if you consider that it's priced for growth. Where is that growth going to come from past this initial phase? You know, what's next is the question for her. Infomedia, it's a hold for Junbei. Again, you need clarity when it comes to that U.S acquisition also supply chain think about the shortages and how it's impacting the company and that might go on for the next 12 months or so it's a hold for henry as well because again of that uncertainty around that u.s acquisition he doesn't reckon you can see the whites of your eyes when you're doing this stuff by zoom enviro suite again Bay says get be careful when you're talking about these thematics everything can sound well and good but you actually have to know whether or not it's a sentiment play. Look at the fundamentals. For her, this is just too early stage. It's an avoid. It's a hold for Henry. The share price has been doing nothing, but it does have a share purchase plan on the table. So this could be a potential trading stock for him. Uh, So it's just a hold. Objective Corporation. It's a buy for June Bay. She says very high quality very stable contracts uh 66 owned by uh the the ceo so that's a bit of an issue but she still says that it's a good company henry says if you own it absolutely no reason to sell it but he does question why it's even listed again because of that uh, really tight ownership structure gpt group it is a weak buy from both of my expert guests june bay lu from tribeca and henry jennings from marcus today it is going into the Osbus portfolio um, Jimbe says that she would prefer to buy Centre Group and I think it's an interesting one. I haven't heard this sort of fleshed out before mm-hmm. to be honest. It's high quality, it's cheaper, but it can also pass on inflation. If we're worried about inflation, it's actually in its contracts that it will get paid more as inflation grows by its tenants. So that's a good one there. Um, not to be outdone, Henry says he likes Goodman Group. He would also buy Merv back, but Joombe says she would buy Merv back too, so you are spoiled for choice in the property space today. Guys, that was a lot of fun. It's a Friday. Why not, right? Joombe Lou, Tribeca, always, always enjoy the conversation. You too, Henry Jennings from Marcus Today. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Hope you have a good weekend, and uh, don't forget, you can check up on that portfolio via uh, our website. You can also email us at the call, ausbiz.com.au. Stay with us, though. We've got plenty more market analysis coming right up. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership.